Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Astrology Witch podcast. My name is Tiana, and I will be your host for this podcast. <laughs> um, if you're here, then thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I actually um, was encouraged to start this podcast after a series of astrology basics kind of crash course um, episodes that I did with a friend of mine, Ashley from Seeking Witchcraft, which most of you will probably have heard of me from there. But if not, I also have another podcast with my boyfriend called The Christian and the Witch. And we discussed the differences between witchcraft slash paganism and Wicca versus Christianity, um, since he's a Christian and I'm a witch, uh, and I'm a Wiccan slash pagan. Uh, so that's kind of my background. Um, and if you're interested in those topics, definitely check out those podcasts. Uh, Ashley does basics of witchcraft and she's got almost a million plays, so it must be pretty good. (laughs) Um, and shout out to my friend Azazel at Feast of Torches podcast. He does some really cool witchcraft content as well very insightful and he does a lot of really amazing element path workings um so if you're really into meditation um guided meditation you'll probably get a lot out of his workings he has an incredibly soothing voice uh but anyhow thanks so much to all those people and all my coven mates as well for being there for me and encouraging me to do this finally uh and anyone who sent me dms as well after listening to the astrology basics episodes and saying how much you liked it and like wanting to know more info uh you guys definitely had a pivotal role in me doing this finally so I really appreciate that uh, because I definitely probably wouldn't have done this otherwise uh I have learned quite a bit more since doing those astrology uh episodes with Ashley so I'm pretty excited today to go through the signs I'm just going to go through the basics today Um, just because if you guys are first starting out or if you are new to listening to astrology podcasts or if you're new to astrology in general, then I think we should establish kind of a baseline for what the signs are, what they stand for in terms of archetypes, um, to give you guys a kind of basics (laughs) framework to work with as we go into other episodes. I don't want you guys to be super lost by the time we get to an episode about North Nodes and be very confused about what those even are or, um, you know, if we get into houses and different sign placements, you'll be incredibly confused if you have no idea what Capricorn is about. So I thought it would be helpful and probably helpful for me too, just to go through the signs with you as well, to work through each sign, discuss what each sign element is, discuss what they represent and what their kind of archetype is. Uh, to give you guys a better understanding of what their symbolism is and why these archetypes are what they are. So let's get into the podcast and I'm going to go through all the signs starting with Aries. Okay, so we're going to start with the first sign of the zodiac and that's Aries. Aries is represented by the symbol of the ram and it's actually the golden ram. Uh, and if you Google golden ram, you'll get the entire Greek myth based on which the golden ram is based on. Um, and essentially it could like talk and fly, had special abilities. Um, and also Ares is the literal god of war. 
in Greek mythology, and also the spirit of battle, which um, is actually more uh, uh, epitomizing of what Ares, the archetype, is actually like. People who uh, have the sun placement of Aries are born between March 21st and April 19th, or April 20th, depending on like where you look. These dates can vary. They're a cardinal fire sign, um, and I can do a separate episode on cardinal signs and, well, cardinal fixed um, and mutable signs, because there are different types, and that can sort of alter the, I guess, the special abilities and traits of that sign. So Aries, as a cardinal fire sign, not only are they fire, but they are quick starting. Uh, Cardinal are quick to react. They can kind of initiate, and it makes Aries the ultimate initiator. They're actually known as the initiator in the zodiac because they have such a fiery nature, and also they're a cardinal sign, so they can just jump right into things. They're not always the greatest at finishing things, but they definitely know how to get them started. Um, that's how they get the rep- uh, the reputation for being impulsive, um, passionate, independent, competitive, super competitive, uh, bold, loyal, smart, and ambitious. And their ruling planet is Mars. Mars is the Roman <laughs> god of war. I don't know why we've done, with, done this with planets and astrology and separated them from Roman and Greek, but we have. Uh, so again, they're known for their audaciousness, their lively spirit, uh, they're incredibly competitive, and these can express themselves differently depending on what house or planet you have there, if you have several planets in your chart. I know that people tend to <laughs> sort of like look at someone and say, oh, well, you're an Aries sun, your star sign or whatever they call it, uh, and they sort of define that person by that. And that person might not even really relate to their star sign. And I've actually had this conversation with tons of people about why they don't actually identify with their star or sun sign. And it's because you have an entire chart um, that can actually explain a lot more about you. And if, let's say, you're a night chart person, meaning you were born at night, then you might not identify as much with your sun sign. You might identify more with your moon sign. Because you were born at night. (laughs) And also, if you have Aries in your sun placement, but let's say you have like five planets in Taurus or Gemini or some other sign, you might identify a lot more with those other signs because you have such a heavy placement in your chart. Um, And so just so many aspects of your life are influenced by that other sign. So you won't identify as heavily. And it, it actually... I want to hopefully convince you guys through doing these podcast episodes that there is a lot more to be said about a person's chart versus their sun sign or their moon sign or their rising. Yes, those are usually dominant um, planet influences in your chart, and they will always be kind of overarching over your whole chart. But depending on if you have multiple planets, again, in different signs, those things are going to heavily influence that person as well and uh, how they're expressed. So hopefully we'll get you guys out of the energy of trying to define people by their sun signs. Anyhow, so Aries, they're very passionate people. They're headstrong, impulsive hyper competitive. They can be different depending on if they're male or female. Males, it sometimes... Uh, it can manifest as aggression or like know-it-all tendencies. For women, it can be like hyper-competitive, have that like 
alpha female always hang out with the dudes type mentality but it just depends everybody is different and depending on what your chart looks like will express that differently so they're intelligent impulsive very loyal steadfast friends um they're adventurous honest sometimes even blunt in the way that they express themselves uh they can be kind of like sagittarians in the way that sagittarians sagittarians they'll do it for truth because they want to be honest uh aries won't they just have no filter Um, they definitely value truth in the same way that Sagittarians value truth, but they're just sort of more rough about the way that it is expressed. They can be very hot-headed, energetic, assertive for sure. Um, And they channel a lot of their energy into passion projects. They can be incredibly creative or incredibly active, especially being ruled by Mars. Mars uh, needs that physical activity. So you might find that people with a heavy Aries placement or with a sun sign that's like a day chart or something, or where they have a lot of planets there and a huge influence, um, they do a lot of fitness. Uh, oh, and they might need to because they have so much of that pent-up energy. Uh, some strengths that they have, again, are that they're loyal, passionate. They can initiate projects. They're very independent. They don't need anybody. Um, and you know, some things that they might struggle with is listening (laughs) and also having, uh, to be able to be a little more compassionate and understanding, especially in relationships they are going to struggle a little bit more than maybe a cancer. Okay. So that's Aries. Those are the basics. Now we're going to move on to Taurus. Okay. So I'm a Taurus, (laughs) but I have a night chart. So I feel like I express that a little bit differently. Okay, so Taurus is represented by the bull. And in Greek mythology, this is the Cretan bull specifically on the island of Crete. And it was sent to the island by Poseidon as a symbol uh, that the gods were pleased with Minos, uh, who's this character in this myth. He was uh, supposed to sacrifice the bull, but it, uh, you know Minos is so in love with the bull that um, he just sacrifices another bull and tries to like trick them. <laughs> Um, and so Poseidon's kind of pissed off about this and he causes the wife of Minos to fall in love with the bull and, uh, the Minotaur kind of comes out of this. And so, uh, it's this whole thing, honestly, you should read up about it, but it's sort of bizarre. Um, but (laughs) that essentially is the, um, myth that represents the bull that is the Taurus bull. And, you know, obviously we say like, oh, well, the bull has horns, it's stubborn, it's definitely a little more um, self-explanatory when it comes to the symbols that represent the signs. It definitely seems to be more appropriate for a Taurus. Okay, so Taurus is an earth sign, and they are a fixed earth sign. Fixed signs are stubborn, they don't move, they're, (laughs) so of all the earth signs, Taurus is the most stubborn, the most uh, slow to move, the least likely to change quickly, Uh, whereas the other two would be more likely to change when they're ready or when they're, or Taurus might know that they need to change, might still not change, because it's safe and comfortable here, (laughs) um, But again, they are earth and they are fixed. This gives them a very grounded feel to them. And many people find comfort in that because they do have a very calming presence on uh, pretty much anyone that they're around. They're very earthy people. They're very tactile um, because they're ruled by earth. Uh, Well, they're ruled by Venus technically, but a lot of astrologers will say that, you know, technically 
shouldn't earth signs be ruled by the earth (laughs) because they're earth signs um but alas taurus is ruled by venus venus is a sign of love venus is the roman goddess for love like the aphrodite equivalent um but the physical love and i mean you could argue that it's all forms of love technically uh, because Taurus is a very loyal friend, they're a very loving friend, they're also family-oriented in that aspect, where they'd be very loving family members, um, but really, if you read <laughs> Venus or Aphrodite myths, they're not necessarily the deepest forms of love, they tend to be more, like, lusty and, like, vengeful even um, in their approach, and I actually think that that is a sort of dark side of Taurus and a dark side of Venus is that, like, lusty, jealous, <laughs> crazy um kind of love but again it can also be that sensuality right because Taurus is earthy it's down to earth you know so it wants to touch and feel everything I know there's a lot of memes about Taurus just liking food but really it's the physical sensations it's the need to touch and feel and experience everything that there is in life they probably feel this existence a lot more than other people do So when it comes to eating good food, they might have extremely sensitive tastes. So they maybe taste it more than you (laughs) or experience something more than you uh, would. And and that's why they're so enthusiastic about it. You know, they really feel those soft blankets. They really smell the scented candles. Like that is the energy of a Taurus. Um, They're born anywhere from April 20th to May 21st, give or take a couple of days, because different astrologers will tell you different things. They're known for being stubborn, practical, responsible, devoted, sensual, possessive, sometimes jealous, Um, (laughs) but it really just depends. And every Taurus will express these differently because they're going to have their son in a different house. And they're definitely all about beauty, sensuality, and love. It just depends, again, on what house or planet they have in those placements because sometimes you can have your son in the same house as other planets or uh if you're in a you know your son's in a different house than than Taurus is not natively there um in the house of Taurus then it can create a different expression they're reliable people they're hardworking, stubborn grounded um they're very rooted to the earth and everything physical so that's why they enjoy material material items and physical pleasures and it gives them a sense of security and comfort um they can seem to be possessive of things and people. It really just depends on how evolved this Taurus person is and again, where they have those placements. Um, But at heart, they're practical and realistic and they have a love for aesthetics. Not in the same way that Libra does, but we'll get into Libra later. Okay, so they're sensual. They're said to have heightened physical senses more than all the other signs just because of their nature. Um, They're uncompromising and they sort of put their nose to the grind when it comes to things that they want, they're not necessarily like, like in areas, if they want something, they're going to go after it. And they might lose steam really quickly. But like that first like jump would be like really incredibly enthusiastic for a tourist. They might not start out that enthusiastic. Um, It depends on their other placements, but more than likely they're going to start at something slow and they're just going to keep plodding along until they get to where they're going. And it's sort of like that, like, slow and steady wins the race mentality. A lot of Torians have this, you know, and they can be very stubborn and even their mindset about it. You know, you can't really talk a Taurus out of something that they want. 
to do. They're very hardworking and committed. So that's why I kind of get a little confused about these astrology memes on the internet. I kind of find them to be a little uninformed and unevolved when it comes to like Taurus being lazy. Any sign can be lazy. Uh, Venus signs are more prone to laziness, but Taurians are less likely to be lazy. They're some of the most hardworking people, I would say. And especially because they want that security and that comfort. And oftentimes they associate that with accumulating wealth or material items. They struggle with dealing with sudden change, with letting go of anything, and also with facing criticism because those things are all things that would require them to change or adapt. Uh, But, you know, people born under the sign of Taurus are actually gifted with a lot of creativity because they have a love for the arts, for beauty, um, and they can make great artists. And the same way, I think every sign can pretty much be creative, but certain signs will have a more attunement to that. They'll have an affinity for it more than others. So whereas like Aries signs, they can be very creative depending on what their placements and their other influences are. Um, but they make great athletes naturally. They'll naturally have an affinity for all the physical, um, energetic sports, anything that requires a lot of sort of instant energy. In fact, all fire signs, I would say, could be incredibly athletic. The other thing uh, for Taurus, though, is that they naturally have an affinity for art because they appreciate physical beauty uh, and physical things. So, like, they like to create things. Um, They're creators by nature. Uh, They can also make really great singers. In fact, a lot of Tauruses are singers because they rule the throat. (laughs) And so they have usually a really nice voice or um, something that sounds appealing. They can speak well. They can make great public speakers if they're not singers. A really famous Taurus is um, Adele, just my favorite. Anyway, we're going to move on to Gemini. Okay, so Gemini. So Gemini is represented in Greek mythology with the twins. And those twins are two brothers named Castor and Pollux. They were the offspring of Leda, the queen of Sparta. Um, But Pollux was the son of Zeus, and Castor was the son of King Tyndarius, I think. I probably struggled to pronounce this. So that meant that Castor was basically immortal, but Pollux was said to have been basically like an immortal demigod. Uh, They were inseparable and always together, so that's redundant. Um, But they would rescue uh, Helen when she was abducted by Theseus. And they were also hunters, and there's all this other stuff that goes into Uh, But death can't separate these two because Pollux ends up giving up his own mortality uh, to be with Castor when he dies and they become the Gemini constellation. So that essentially is the mythos behind Gemini. So Gemini is a mutable air sign. So being an air sign, air rules all things intellectual okay so where fire can rule passion and energy all the things that we think of when we think of fire and earth can rule all of the sensual things the physical world the tactile things about life air rules intellect and logic and gemini especially uh i mean all the earth signs will tend to be intellectual but of all the air signs gemini 
will seek intellect and learning and be very passionate about learning many things more than probably all the other air signs because number one, it's ruled by Mercury and Mercury is the sign of communication. So Gemini loves to talk like that. You'll find Gemini's if they have a heavy Gemini placement um, or if they have a strong influence of their sun in Gemini, then they love to chat like about anything. And they probably know about a lot of things because Gemini being the twins sort of, it, it, it makes the, whoever has a heavy Gemini placement uh, somebody that has a multifaceted personality. This can manifest itself into being two-faced, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, and, you know, most of the time it just means they have too many interests for their own good. And they can be very scattered or appear very scattered, even though they're maybe not that way. And most of the time when they actually work and try to evolve their personality and figure out what they actually are interested in, um, and they can sort of, you know, hone in on the things they actually want instead of spreading themselves too thin because they're so enthusiastic about learning and talking about what they have learned and what they know and what they're interested in. So they are born between May 21st and June 20th. And they're very gentle and curious, adaptable because they're mutable. And mutable signs, unlike the fixed and cardinal signs, they're very adaptable. They can adjust to changes. They don't stick with something just because it's what they know, unless they have other signs that are fixed in their chart, which they probably do. Um, but most likely, if you have a lot of uh, mutable signs in your chart, you're very good at adapting to change. You're not going to stick with something just because it's what you've always known so much as like someone who is a fixed sign or has a lot of fixed signs in their chart because you'll just be better at it. <laughs> they're very expressive. They're quick-witted. Um, and again, because Mer Mercury rules communication, because Mercury is um, the god of communication, uh, so he's the messenger of the gods, uh, they just understand how to communicate with people. It's not the same as Virgo, I found. Like, Gemini can communicate well in a social context with other people like they can be very well liked and they have sort of like quote the gift of gab but in the it, they're not the same as virgos virgos also ruled by mercury but i find that virgos are more effective communicators where gemini's just like to talk <laughs> so i mean obviously you can develop those skills so i don't want to say there's no gemini's that are good at speaking effectively or communicating effectively, but that's just something I've, I've observed. Um, they're definitely stereotyped as being the two-faced type of person, but really that's the dark side of Gemini. That's someone who has not fully integrated all the aspects of their personality. And everyone has a dark aspect to their personality. And we'll get to talking about Lilith if you guys care to discuss, because I think that'd be really interesting. Um, and that has, Lilith is something we all have in our chart. And it's essentially the dark side of the moon, dark shadow of things we want to reject about ourselves. Okay, so the dark side of Gemini, speaking of dark side, can be duplicity or being two-faced, gossip, deception. Uh, but the light aspects are being, again, multifaceted. They're incredibly talented. They have many hobbies and passions. They're sociable, fun-loving, friendly. 
uh, versatile and inquisitive. They care to learn about life, to learn about you, pretty much anything. They have a very sharp intellect to learn, grow, and take in everything that life has to offer. But they need excitement and variety and passion and conversation to really thrive because they get bored. Um, they're extremely charming and they can be the life of the party because they're just naturally good at having conversations with other people because they know so much about so much. At times they can be reckless, fickle, and depressed. Um, so they need to kind of constantly move because they're mutable and because Mercury moves so fast. So they need to be moving and learning uh, so they can stay inspired. Um, you know, there are some really famous people who are Geminis, namely uh, Marilyn Monroe, Angelina Jolie, Tupac, Kanye West, Johnny Depp. Like, there's so many famous people that uh, are Geminis. Just Google it. <laughs> it's sort of ridiculous. But essentially, in a nutshell, that is Gemini. Okay, so we're going to move on to Cancer. Okay, so <laughs> Cancer is um, represented in Greek mythology by the crab. Um, and it's a creature named Carcinus from Greek mythology, which is sort of relatively unknown. Um, but it appears in this famous story for um, it was encountered by Heracles as he completed his second labor, like the slaying of the Hydra, the Lernaean Hydra. I don't really understand the story. Um, but <laughs> so Carcinus was this monstrous crab that was dispatched by Hera to distract Heracles. Uh, when it was appeared, when he she thought he was basically going to overcome the Hydra, and so Carcinus really kind of failed at distracting him uh, because he pretty much just crushed it beneath his foot and then continued killing the Hydra. So it was sort of ineffective. Uh, but Hera still put the crab among the stars as the constellation Cancer. I don't really understand how this plays back into what cancers are, um, except that they, number one, have a hard shell. Um, maybe that they're being pushed into things that they want nothing to do with. <laughs> uh, and also, too, that um, they can often become the martyr. But we'll talk about the dark side of cancers a little bit later. Okay, so cancer, they're a cardinal water sign. And um, they're known for being like the mom of the Zodiac, whatever. That's obviously an astrology memes. Um, they're born from June 21st to July 20th, give or take, again, a couple of days. And they're known for their deep sensitivity and nurturing vibes. They're another sign, honestly, that I sort of feel like they're just continuously uh, underestimated. Uh, so as a cardinal water sign, they're emotional, intuitive, psychic, Generous, independent, creative, caring, ambitious, and resilient. They're ruled by the moon as well, which can be very tough. Uh, it makes them incredibly sensitive, sort of ruled by their overwhelming emotions because the moon uh, rules your emotions, but it also rules like the tides. So that's what makes cancer so moody. Um, they can also be, you know, they have that dark side and that light side, right? You got the dark side of the moon and the, the light side of the moon, the side that hits the light. Um, and as well, you have someone who the moon can rule things like illusions, deception, um, anything that's sort of in the shadows. So in the same way that, uh, you know, Scorpio kind of plunges to the depths, cancers are very similar, but the emotional depth, they have an astounding emotional intelligence and intuition. Um, and hopefully, you know, cancers tap into that because it is pretty impressive. 
they are deeply intuitive if they're not completely psychic and just reading your mind all of the time. But I found that true to be about for any water sign, to be completely honest. It's hard not to completely envy their ability to understand the heart of an issue without even trying. They just, you know, most of them seem to be able to trust their intuition completely without knowing all the facts, just because it's an innate ability that they have. And I think many other signs can stand to learn from this. They're very loving people. They're courageous, protective. They can be very mysterious, compassionate, and healing to many other signs just by their presence alone. They're loyal, understanding, trusting, and again, they can be moody. They deeply value their friendships and relationships, though, because they have a need to nurture. Uh, Maybe it's because they want to help heal others because they're aware of their nurturing nature. And in some way, it's able to help them heal as well. Um, they're the most emotionally in tune of all the water signs, um, their own personal emotions though. And it can be their greatest strength if they express themselves fully, uh, or it can be something that completely paralyzes them. So if you are a cancer or if you have heavy cancer placements, I would say to work on your own emotional space and to work through those things you know, and maybe that means going to therapy or something, or maybe it means journaling. I don't know. Everybody's different. But uh, essentially, that can be your greatest strength, you know, expressing your thoughts and feelings um, can be a big challenge for cancers. They struggle with communication, because they feel so deeply. Um, But again, if you work on these areas, it can be your greatest strength. There are so many famous cancers out there who, uh, are actors or singers or just generally famous, hilarious people. They're comedians and songwriters, et cetera, et cetera. So many of them. So just Google them. Uh, My favorite is Meryl Streep and Kevin Hart. Um, But yeah, so cancers are super, super duper talented. All right, so we're going to move on from cancer and we're going to go to, if you can hear that, that's a truck in the background and I live in the city. So Thanks for bearing with me. I appreciate it. Okay, so we're going to move on to Leo. Okay, so Leo is represented by the lion. And in the same way that Cancer is the moon and sort of represents that like brooding shadow, (laughs) emotional shadow, Leos um, are represented by the lion and they're ruled by the sun. So in Greek mythology, um, (laughs) they're another of the animals Heracles encounters and they're specifically the Nemean lion. And the Nemean lion was a creature that killed all those unlucky to cross its path. It was sort of like this fierce uh, lion. And the skin couldn't be penetrated by mortal weapons uh, and had claws that could like rip open armor. It pretty much killed everything that crossed its path that tried to kill it. And uh, the slaying of the Nemean lion was the first labor, as they called it, given to Heracles by King Eurystheus. Um, <laughs> and basically, the king thought that Heracles would die, uh, just as everyone else did. But Heracles realized his weapons would not kill the lion. Uh, so he wrestled with it and strangled it. And then that's how it died. <laughs> I don't know why these, again, are such weird myths. <laughs> but essentially, the Nemean lion is the representative of the constellation that is representative of the sign of Leo. Okay, so Leo is a fixed fire sign. So 
This makes the most stubborn fire sign of all the zodiac, uh, of all the fire signs, I'm sorry. And um, they, again, are represented by the lion and they are a fire sign. So they're going to be very passionate. They're going to be very loyal because they are fixed. Um, And they also are going to be very stubborn. So they share that with all the other fixed signs. They have a fiercely loyal side and a lively nature about them. And that's more sustained because they are fixed. So it's not going to be like Aries where they can like fire, you know, have a fiery nature and jump into something and then sort of like peter out. Like this will be like a freaking, I don't know, like a burning bonfire that just goes on (laughs) forever, like a furnace. Um, They are born from July 21st to August 20th, give or take. Again, these dates will vary depending on what website you choose or uh, what kind of astrology you go to. Okay, so their notable traits are, again, loyalty, creativity, passion. They have sort of like a regal feel about them. Many uh, many Leos tend to have really great hair, especially if they have a Leo rising and not a Leo sun. But uh, even Leo suns, like, they just tend to have, like, an amazing mane of hair. I don't know why I've noticed this, but they're friendly, they're charismatic, they're very protective, um, they have a lot of dignity about them. Uh, and they can be very stubborn and selfish. Uh, and this is because they're ruled by the sun. Uh, and it just shines, right? Like sun just shines. Like it just exists. Well, Leos have a tendency to want to be in that limelight. Um, and those born under the sign are natural born leaders. You know, the lion is the king of the jungle. Uh, they typically want to rule everything the light touches, as they say. <laughs> they have a ton of friends. They can succeed in everything. Uh, anything they want, they put their efforts toward achieving, they can do it. Uh, evolved le- Leos can make great leaders, but unevolved may just want to be power-hungry egomaniacs for status and personal gain. And it's important that those bo- born under this fiery fixed sign develop their softer sides and their generous sides, um, and to seek fulfillment with integrity and respect, because otherwise they can tend to be kind of superficial. Uh, but they have such a vibrancy about them. They can be exuberant, enthusiastic, again, creative, passionate, warm-hearted, because they are ruled by the sun. They can be a little self-centered and self-absorbed, stubborn, but also humorous. Um, you really just have to develop your own personal self-confidence, I think, because Leos can actually be plagued by uh, sometimes depression if their sun is in a debilitated placement they can be dramatic (laughs) um and or they can be very self-confident and honestly they can be irresistible to others because they are so fiery and charismatic and they just shine without shame uh they seem to be just innately magnetic uh magnetic and others find that alluring uh they love to be the center of attention they thrive on flattery kind of like libra uh and they enjoy the finer things in life kind of like taurus Uh, they do enjoy luxury and leadership positions and typically that's just something they're good at. Some famous Leos include, um, J.K. Rowling and Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Halle Berry, Robert De Niro, so many famous Leos out there. It's ridiculous. So just Google them, especially celebrities. There's so many actors that are Leos, uh, because of course, why wouldn't you become a celebrity if you're ruled by the sun? Okay. So now we're going to move on to Virgo. Okay, so in Greek mythology, Virgo is ruled by the maiden. And it's honestly one of the signs of the zodiac, which people tend to 
not care about unless they are one. <laughs> but um, it's an, another often overlooked figure from Greek mythology. Um, the maiden is representate, represented by the Olympian goddess Artemis a lot of times um, because she was like a virginal goddess. Uh, but actually, Virgo represents the goddess Astraea, and she was the virgin goddess of justice in Greek mythology. And she she was the daughter of like the, I think, stars, the goddess of the stars, Astraeus, and also Eos, which is the god of dawn. Um, and during the golden age, Astraea, she was like, lived she was living among mankind and then man became like crazy and the god withdrew to their palaces in olympus and astraea stayed longer than anybody else um and she pretty much felt like she couldn't sacrifice anything else for mankind <laughs> and she couldn't live among them because they just kind of became crazier and crazier and so zeus placed her among the stars as virgo and so she has that kind of self-sacrificial vibe that Virgos can have in many ways. Okay, so Virgo is another earth sign, but they are mutable. Um, and Virgo is born between August 23rd to September 22nd, give or take again. Um, but they're very detail-oriented, loyal, practical, and analytical. Uh, again, they are ruled by Mercury, much like Gemini, so they're very good at communicating, but they're good at communicating specific things. Gemini can talk about all types of things, but Virgos can talk about uh, pretty much the small details of life. They can discuss the everyday life things, and they can be very sensitive, too. It really just depends on what their other chart placements are. They're loyal. They're very kind, hardworking, methodical. I would say even to some extent self-sacrificial. Um, they can be martyr, martyry <laughs> in some uh, situations. They're very practical, patient, reliable, artistic, and analytical. And they're also one of the most self-reliant signs of the Zodiac, in my opinion, as well. Um, again, because they're ruled by uh, Mercury, it makes them great communicators. They are always focused on the small details. They can be very obsessed with seeking kind of perfection in the small details. And because of this, they can make great planners, organizers, managers, like they're very into the nitty gritty of the everyday, the small pieces that make up the big picture. Because of this, they can kind of tunnel vision and not see the big picture. Um, but they are good at the, the small little details of everything, the practical approach to life and its small everyday tasks. They are highly analytical, uh, but they can seem very emotionally closed off. And because of this, everyone tends to misunderstand them. They're very, very um, worrisome sign. They seem to be plagued by anxieties, perhaps because they're seeking this um, purity and perfection and maybe that's because they're represented by the maiden uh, of the virgin as some people will call her uh is that they're seeking this unattainable perfection and purity in humanity and as you all know we are not uh perfect by any means <laughs> but because of this need to sort of develop a sense of precision and perfection and control they can seem like they're control freaks uh, and sort of like uh, balls of anxiety 
uh, especially if they're underdeveloped. And the more underdeveloped a Virgo is, the more critical they will be. The more developed they are, the more concerned and compassionate, caring and attentive they will be. So obviously, there are dark and light sides to each sign. They're smart, sophisticated, kind, analytical, methodical, critical, practical. They tend to be shy uh, or at the very least reserved, hardworking, humble, modest, and conservative, and definitely perfectionist. Uh, And, you know, they're just extremely well-organized. And they can be great problem solvers, but they can also be plagued by their own self-doubt, kind of in the way that Libra is. Uh, Mercury is their ruling planet, so they typically can communicate very well. Um, And many can be great speakers, writers, or journalists because they just understand how to see the details of something and relay those back to people in a very effective way again. Um, They also have great memories, perhaps because they remember all the small details and they are like wild in a debate. You never want to get in an argument or a debate with a Virgo. They will friggin' school the shit out of you unless you're also a Virgo, in which case I would love to see that. Um, They have many great qualities, of course, but some of their weaknesses include that they can be obsessive, overly critical, anxious, and judgmental. Uh, And obviously, in order for them to to evolve, they need to develop the the abilities and affinities that they sort of lack, which is intuition to get in touch with their emotions and to not be so obsessed with every detail and to not be so obsessed with perfection and purity and everything that they do understanding that the world is inherently imperfect. And that's kind of what makes it perfect. Um, Because they are a sign of service and kind of self-sacrifice in a way, um, they make great caregivers. They make great judges, therapists, uh, counselors. And they can also be really great analysts and researchers because of their kind of obsessive need with the small details thing. Um, But there are also some really famous Virgos, including Michael Jackson, um, Keanu Reeves, uh, Tyler Perry, Stephen King. So tons of famous Virgos out there. Okay, so that is Virgo. Now we're going to move on to Libra. Okay, so Libra. Libra is represented by the scales, the scales of justice, essentially. And they're the only inanimate object among the 12 signs of the zodiac. Um, There's no real clear reason why the scales, like who they belong to, but in Greek mythology, they were linked to three different goddesses. Um, And the three different goddesses, uh, these are, again, the scales of justice. They were used by Astraea, who, again, is represented within Virgo, which we just discussed. Um, And also Themis, um, who was the goddess of justice. And so they were also linked with these scales. Um, and also they might be the scales of justice, which were ruled by this or used by the scales, like the scales of fate by the fates. So they could be the scales of good fortune um, from the, or sorry, the scales of the goddess of good fortune, uh, which is Tyche. Um, so the scales of fate are not as well known as the scales of justice, so we're not really sure um, which was meant. But um, it's also said that uh, when it comes to good fortune, the goddess Nemesis kept good fortune in check rather than the scales. So uh, people tend to think that it's the scales of justice rather than the scales of fate. But take from it what you will. 
Okay, so Libra is another cardinal sign, but they're a cardinal air sign. Um, and they are ruled by Venus. And it's different from Taurus because they are up in the air, okay? So they rule intellectual love and beauty. So um, it can be less tactile than Taurus, right? Taurus is very physical. Um, Libra is more about the harmony of it, you know, the perfection of it. In fact, because they're always seeking the balance of the scales, they're in the same way that Virgo is seeking that purity and perfection. Virgo is seeking perfection through harmony and balance uh, and justice and, again, kind of perfection. Um, but they do see the beautiful nature of things by creating harmony and balance. So in the way that Taurus just sort of sees things and finds them beautiful because she can, he or she or whatever, uh, they can touch and feel the thing. You know, they can experience it. Libra will say, oh, well, look at that thing. It has such great symmetry. <laughs> so it's it's totally a different experience when it comes to those same those same planet rulers, uh, you know, being their planet being uh, ruled, their ruling planet being Venus, but a uh, different expression. Okay, so Librans are born between September 23rd and October 23rd, depending on, again, like the dates will vary depending on what website you choose. Uh, give or take, that is the dates. They're, again, an air sign, and they're cardinal, meaning they can impulsively make a decision if they need to. Um, and again, because they're an air sign, they're a lot more free-flowing than an earth sign, and even a water sign, which will be slower moving, but still flowing, uh, you know, than other signs. And they are have some notable traits. They can be very beautiful, because... Uh, especially if they have a Libra rising, they look really balanced because your rising can describe what you actually physically look like. Uh, but even if they have a Libra sun, they can just, uh, they seem so balanced. They could seem really balanced as a person, even if they're a mess inside. Um, they have a love of fairness, a love of, again, balance. <laughs> they're charming and understanding. They can also be really indecisive, uh, which I think Libra is sort of known for. And the reason for that is because they think, is this fair? Is this balanced? What is right? What is wrong? They can see all of the sides to everything. And because of that, it can make making a decision very hard. Um, they definitely have a taste for the finer things in life because they are ruled by Venus. <laughs> and because they're ruled by Venus, they have this innate love of beautiful things. Um, this includes, obviously, aesthetics, love, romance. Um, but it also extends to like keeping the peace and seeing only the beautiful sides of life, not wanting to see the ugliness. They are natural born diplomats because they, again, seek justice in all situations and they see both sides to every argument or situation. Uh, they have an innate sense of empathy and justice and listening skills. So they can make really great mediators, judges, counselors, therapists, <laughs> because they are very uh, compassionate and understanding. They have a love of balance and a taste for the finer things, but usually it finds itself more in like the style and the harmony of it and the design aspects of it, the symmetry, rather than just the, again, the primal beauty of a thing. Um, they also enjoy the arts and they can be very creative, idealistic, uh, lovers of love and partnerships because they tend to be what we call the mirror sign. This means that they look at someone else and say, am I like that? 
<laughs> rather than just knowing who they inherently are, they kind of like bounce, they see something else and they kind of like reflect on that to see if that's how they are. And that's kind of how they define the worlds around them. Uh, Librans can thrive among partnerships, so friends, family, romantic relationships. Uh, some, you know, less than appealing traits of Librans can be indecisiveness. They can be flighty, superficial, and sometimes they can be very manipulative. Uh, they need to find their own true center to feel less inclined to bend over backwards for people just to keep the peace or to be well-liked. Uh, this is obviously true for any sign, but more so for Librans to whom partnerships are incredibly important. They want to be around people. They like people and they want people to like them. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they need to develop their own internal feeling of who they are and what they want, uh, irrespective of what other people think. And some famous Librans include Kim Kardashian, uh, Bruno Mars, Childish Gambino, Snoop Dogg. There's tons and tons of famous Librans, just like famous Leos out there, because again, uh, they're well liked. And not only are they well liked, but they do like being well liked. Okay, so we're gonna move on to Scorpio. Scorpio, uh, <laughs> Scorpio is a fixed water sign. And they are ruled by Pluto or Saturn. So before the outer planets were discovered, there were four traditional planets that ruled things. And those were Venus, um, what am I saying, Neptune? Venus, Jupiter, Saturn, and Mars. Thank you. Oh, Saturn and Mercury. And Mars. Saturn, Mercury, Mars. I think so. Saturn, Mercury, Mars. Yeah, something like that. Four or five planets. You got it. Okay. At <laughs> the top of my head. Um, but then obviously we discovered Pluto and Neptune and Uranus. And we kind of added those in later. So uh, they have aspects of both. So that's why I'm telling you this. Scorpios can appear to have the harshness of Saturn because Saturn rules structures and restrictions and, you know, like the hard truths of life and the hard lessons. But Pluto rules death and transformation. So they both kind of work for Scorpio. It's really up to you if you want to follow the more ancient astrology uh, or whether you want to go with the more modern. Definitely up to you. Okay, so they are a fixed water sign. Um, and let's talk about the myth behind the scorpion. Okay, so in Greek mythology, the scorpion uh, represents another monstrous creature, a giant scorpion called Scorpius. Scorpius was said to be the child of Gaia, the Greek um goddess of the earth uh but it was he was sort of being put to use by its mother it was sent against the greek hero hunter orion you know may know him from orion's belt um he was considered a really annoying mortal for the gods um <laughs> even though he was occasionally chilling with them uh but especially in the hunt he ended up like antagonizing the shit out of them so one day it was said that Orion was boasting of his greatness as a hunter and proclaiming that he could hunt down all the beasts that he found upon the earth. And so Gaia was kind of annoyed by that. And she, um, you know, wanted the hunter to become the hunted. So she sent uh, Scorpius to face Orion. And the sting of the scorpion, Scorpius, uh, ended up killing him. And so Scorpius and Orion, they're subsequently, obviously, found in the constellations. Um, but that is the story of the 
uh, Scorpion, which represents Scorpio. Okay, so again, they're a fixed water sign. They're born any time between October 23rd to November 21st, give or take a couple days. Uh, and they're ruled by the element of water and Pluto or Saturn, depending on what type of astrology you follow. Okay, so their notable traits are that they're serious, loyal, possessive, stubborn, secretive, loyal, uh, I said that, <laughs> emotional, passionate, imaginative, because all water signs will be, possessive, uh, persistent, faithful, strategic. Um, they can be very power-seeking because uh, Pluto is the house of death and transformation. Saturn rules kind of like the constructs of life, the power structures of life. Uh, and so Scorpio is like that. They can be seeking of power or they can just be very powerful in and of themselves. Um, so because, again, Pluto rules death, transformation, regeneration, Scorpios are, they can be fascinated with the dark side of life. They can just sort of fixate on it in some aspects, depending on where it is in their chart. But they can also come back from anything in life. They can recreate and reinvent themselves a million times. They can pursue life fearlessly in a way that most other signs can't. Um, although maybe Capricorn can, but it's not that they're not afraid. It's just that Capricorn is so determined uh, that they will not be stopped by that. But the Capricorns would be more obsessed with doing things that they've experienced and following the structures of life. Whereas Scorpio doesn't care. It's going to do what it needs to do to get where it wants to go. Uh, but they are one of the most loyal and faithful signs in the Zodiac. But it can also manifest itself in an unhealthy way where they can be controlling, suspicious, possessive, and even vengeful. Um, they're extremely emotional and passionate. And they need passion in their lives. Maybe because they're a fixed water sign, they feel like they can feel like they're just kind of floating. Um, they are extremely focused, determined, and ambitious when it comes to their own personal goals fiercely independent they don't need anyone to get anything done and they don't really care um who likes it to be honest with you they do whatever it takes to get who or what they want some famous scorpios include uh oh man bill gates <laughs> um katie perry hillary clinton uh carl sagan there's so many famous scorpios out there uh and they come across in the most fascinating ways uh, okay, so we're going to move on to Sagittarius. Okay, so Sagittarius is represented by the archer. And there's some disagreement about who Sagittarius is in Greek mythology, but the most common story um, is uh, linked with Chiron, the wise and civilized centaur who trained many Greek heroes. And Chiron's called the wounded healer because he has like an arrow stuck in him, but he's just like trying to help other people because he can't help himself. Uh, <laughs> The centaur is the archer, essentially, what we agree is the archer, okay? And um, Chiron, uh, sorry, the centaur was not regarded as a great archer, and Chiron's normally associated with a different constellation, Centaurus, which is a centaur. Uh, but there's an alternative tale linking Sagittarius um, and it's the archer named Crotus, who's a satyr. Crotus is the son of the god Pan, who some people say invented the hunting bow and was a companion of the muses of Mount Telecon. 
Um, so the muses requested Protus to be placed among the stars at Sagittarius, apparently. Uh, but we really don't know actually where it came from. So there's a lot of argument there. <laughs> but essentially what we associate the archetype, the archetype, the archetype of Sagittarius is of the archer, the arching centaur with the, you know, the, the bow and arrow. And that's what uh, Sagittarians are good at. They're good at looking deep into the future, pulling their arrow back or their, uh, their bow and quiver and like, you know, letting their arrow fly and land somewhere in the future and heading in that direction, which makes them very unstoppable. Okay, so they are a fire sign, but they're mutable. And they're born from November 22nd to December 21st. Again, they're a mutable fire sign, so they can adjust and pivot in any way that they need to. It makes them very unstoppable. They have a lot of energy, um, and they'll just kind of keep going until they burn out, uh, which actually a lot of Sagittarians tend to do. They are expansive liberated, truthful, and adventurous. They are truth seekers and philosophers. They are also very curious and humorous, clever. They love freedom. They're optimistic. Um, and they're ruled by Jupiter. And Jupiter is the great benefic in the sky, the planet of expansion and growth. It's sort of like the big, big nice daddy. <laughs> and and uh, Saturn's like the big, you know, mean daddy. <laughs> like tells you you can't stay out late. Um, okay, so Sagittarians are fun-loving, they're energetic, they're jovial and adventurous. Um, and nothing really epitomizes them more than that upward arrow again, the need to do great things and to always be looking forward. Uh, they're gifted by the planet of Jupiter, which again is the great benefic. It sort of gives most Sagittarians or people with a heavy Sagittarian placement or even Sag rising the gift of good luck and expansion and growth and bravery and heroic action or need or <laughs> adventure um, and success. They tend to, most of the time, depending on the placement, uh, be able to see the glasses half full and see the bright side of life or even the humor in a situation, even during tough times. And those under the sign of Sagittarius, they're intelligent, caring, honest, and to be honest, quite a little wild or feral at heart. <laughs> On the flip side, they can be careless, thoughtless, um, inconsiderate, patient, attention-seeking, tactless, and blunt. Um, but Sagittarians really, honestly, uh, in the same way that Gemini seeks learning for the sake of the thing, that they enjoy that so much, uh, which ironically, they're the opposites. Uh, Sagittarians seek expansion and growth and exploration and adventure for meaning for a different reason. Like, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? What is the truth? Um, and, you know, how do I grow and expand as much as I can in this life and achieve and, and succeed as much as I can in this life? That's a Sagittarian mindset. There are tons of famous Sagittarians, same as Leo and Libra. Um, especially people's Sag risings tend to be celebrities. Uh, but there's uh, Janelle Monet, Trey Songs, Britney Spears, um, Rita Ora, DJ Khaled, <laughs> Jay-Z, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, tons of Sagittarians. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and move on to Capricorn. Okay, so Capricorn, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. So Capricorn in Greek mythology is represented by the sea goat. Uh, it's like 
The likeness of the goat suckled by Zeus when the supreme god was just a baby. Some call this goat Amalthea. Um, so and basically helped sustain Zeus when he was a child. Um, but others tell of Capricorn being the representation of the god Pan, while others say that it's Pan's called Edgepan, who may or may not have been Pan. We don't know. Uh, but Edgepan was a minor god who appears in Greek mythology twice, assisting Zeus um, in battle. And in the first case, uh, Edgepan or Edgepan, Agapan, uh, sided with Zeus during the Titum Titomachy or whatever when they're like overtaking the titans and when Agapen, Agapen, whatever, entered the battlefield he would emit this massive noise that caused the titans to flee. Uh, he also appears during the uprising of Typhon and well God's blood before Typhon, Agapan would return to assist Zeus when Typhon um, took the sinews of Zeus and Agapan retrieved them and made Zeus whole again and for his assistance Zeus would place Agapan among the stars as Capricorn so really weird myth <laughs> we don't really know how he came into being but there are obviously several stories as to how he came into uh becoming a constellation okay so Capricorn is a cardinal earth sign and it is one of the most ambitious unstoppable earth signs I am uh but it is realistic and disciplined and responsible. Uh, and because it's cardinal earth, it is one of the earth signs that can just sort of pivot when it needs to. Not as mutable as a Virgo, but it can make an impulsive quick decision when it needs to, where Taurus might really struggle with that because they're fixed. Okay, so Capricorns are born between December 22nd and January 20th. Uh, and they're ruled by the element... Um, sorry, they are the element of Earth, so they're an Earth sign, but their ruling planet is Saturn. Saturn is the great malefic, and they're kind of like the karmic less. Uh, Saturn rules karmic lessons and hard structures and limitations, and kind of tells you what you can and can't do in life, in a way. Um, and anyone with the sign of Capricorn will have dealt with this, and that makes them very realistic, an ambitious, practical, kind of stoic in some cases, uh, sarcastic, uh, disciplined, reserved, and relentless. Um, they're responsible. They're known as like the parents of the zodiac, much like Cancers. Um, they're traditional, independent. They can be distant. Uh, they can also be kind of seen as know-it-alls who are condescending and unforgiving. Um, they're masters of self-control and self-discipline, and this is because they're ruled by Saturn. Um, they put forth their efforts to achieve whatever they want, but it's through practical means. And it's based on their expertise, so their actual skill and their experience. They're much more likely to follow the structures that are in this life rather than try to go an unconventional way. They're going to look at what their parents did, what their grandparents did, what they did. Um, they're going to go to college because that's just what you do. <laughs> um, so again, Saturn is the planet of restriction. And because it kind of restricts the sign of Capricorn because of its rulership, uh, it makes Cap uh, most Capricorns very stable, reliable, conventional, sensitive, and sometimes controlling. Uh, it really depends, obviously, again, this person's chart, where their signs are in this chart, um, and what other planets they have there, okay? So you might be a Capricorn that's wild and out, and that might be because you have a lot of Aquarius in your chart, <laughs> or Sagittarius or something. Um, so, you know, 
don't take this as you're going to be this way. Again, we're not basing people off their sun signs alone. Okay, so Capricorns, they're incredibly loyal and good friends. They can be almost self-sacrificial in the way that they help their friends, uh, but they can also be blunt like Sagittarians in the way that they just tell the hard truths because they're ruled by Saturn. Um, and they they find that as a good thing to help you. Um, and also they're sort of like, and I call them the unsung heroes of the Zodiac, uh, because they do help people a lot. They can help you get where you want to go. They understand that like life is about networking and working hard and they will help you in any way that they can. And people don't often give them credit for that. They have high standards for themselves. They have high standards for everybody else too. Uh, they're extremely resourceful. They're hardworking, determined, um, and they're warm to people who have earned a place in their life. They can be uh, sensitive you know, but they're incredibly stable and they're sort of unstoppable in the way that they are ambitious because they do base everything off experience and, and skill. And so they're not really hoping or wishing for things to happen. They're putting their nose to the ground and saying like, I know this is going to be hard. I know this because I've experienced this. And because I know that life is filled with failure, basically, um, I'm not going to give up anyway. It makes them very unstoppable in a way that other signs probably could not sustain in the same way that they do. Okay, so there are some very famous Capricorns. A lot of people with Capricorn, sun, and uh, and or moon tend to become like political leaders, especially presidents, okay? Um, so we've got uh, some very famous uh, Capricorns include Michelle Obama, um, LeBron James, Diane Sawyer, uh, Jared Leto, Denzel Washington. Jim Carrey, Betty White, so many famous Capricorns out there, and they're usually hilarious. Uh, Capricorns have this like hilarious sense of um, <laughs> sense of humor, probably based on their dark Saturnian lessons and experiences. Okay, so now we're gonna move on to Aquarius. Okay, so the myth of Aquarius. In Aquarius is represented by the water bearer. Ironically, this leads a lot of people to think that they're a water sign and they're not. They're an air sign. They are fixed air, actually. <laughs> um, so the mythological tale behind the Aquarian water bearer, um, it, it's said that Aquarius is Ganymede, um, who was a prince of Troy, a son of Tros. And Ganymede was considered to be the most beautiful of all the mortal men. The beauty attracted the attention of Zeus. Um, and Zeus was kind of always, like, on the lookout for pretty people. He was like, so, oh, you're hot. Let me, like, bang that out or whatever. Because, like, that's just, Zeus is just kind of the hoe of the Zodiac. Or not of the, of the Olympians. Um, but he just, Zeus decides to abduct Ganymede from Troy. And so he sends an eagle to go get him. Um, the eagle brings Ganymede to Mount Olympus, where Ganymede becomes a lover of Zeus and takes up the mantle of being the cupbearer to the gods, so like giving the gods nectar and ambrosia. And because of the likenesses of Ganymede and the eagle are placed among the stars as Aquarius and Aquila. So the eagle and the water bearer, or Ganymede, the, the symbol of the water bearer, Aquarius, is placed next to the eagle, Aquila. So that's the myth of Aquarius. So again, Aquarius is fixed air. Um, okay, so Aquarians are born between January 20th and February 19th, give or take a couple of days. Their rulers, uh, traditional ruler is Saturn, 
new ruler is Uranus. Um, Saturn, again, rules restrictions, um, limitations, karmic lessons, uh, structures, and constraints. Uranus rules quick change, breaking down of structures, chaos, um, unexpected uh, changes, unpredictability, essentially. Okay, so uh, they can also rule innovation because of this, and they're very independent. They are known as kind of the weirdos of the Zodiac. They can be very nice, progressive, though, friendly, accepting, uh, independent, stubborn, unpredictable, supportive, and flexible. They can be mysterious, strong, and attractive. Obviously, now that we know that Ganymede was super attractive, that can be a feature of many Aquarians, um, wherever you got this placement. They're skilled in both abstract and practical areas of thought because of the Saturn practicality, but also the Uranus abstractions, where Uranus is unpredictable, again, sort of chaotic. <laughs> um, and they're able to easily accept people because they understand that everyone is uniquely special in their own way and they want others to do the same for them. So because of this, they can be very popular um, and well-liked. On the other hand, some born under this sign may also be shy and reserved uh, and then others can be lively and eccentric. It just depends on the placement and how it's expressed. Um, however they express themselves, they are always highly intellectual because again, they're an air sign. Air signs will always be highly intellectual or like they have a lot of thoughts going on. They're optimistic. They're great problem solvers and they're able to see both sides without prejudice, without judging others. And they're also not trying to seek the balance of Libra so they can kind of just let both sides exist. Um, they have a need for mental stimulation and they are often visionaries in their field because they are able to go the, you know, away from the path, so to speak. They enjoy their freedom in the same way that Sagittarians do. Um, they must combat their feelings of limit limitation or restraint in order to reach their full potential. Um, sometimes Aquarians can be just, you know, leaving the path and being unconventional for the sake of being unconventional and not really for any good reason. Um, and they have a great deal of emphasis on mental capacity. Again, they're an air sign and all air signs rule intellect and thought and logic and rationale. Um, but it's important for Aquarians to get in touch with their emotions, to express themselves healthy in a healthy way. Um, otherwise, people can tend to see them as being cold, detached or insensitive. Uh, but they do have a very amazing skill of being, again, accepting, able to see the truth in life and just accept it for what it is. They're also rulers of um, greater humanity because Uranus rules the collective. And so they can be great humanitarians um, and also have a higher calling to help the world and better the world. Uh, Virgos can help the daily person uh, and, you know, be served, not servants, but uh, be people of service uh, to everyday people in small ways. Aquarians are the visionaries that help mankind at large, you know, they'd be the one to create something to invent, a, you know, a new way of helping climate change. <laughs> okay, so that is Aquarius. And we're going to finally move on to the final sign. I'm really excited because I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> okay, so the final sign is Pisces. And it is represented by the fish. It's actually often represented by um the two fishes from Greek mythology, the goddess Aphrodite and her son Eros. They're pulling in two different directions, actually. Um, 
And so when Typhon and Echidna went to war with the gods of Mount Olympus, everyone fled before them. Most of the deities sought refuge in Egypt and they were worshipped under new names, but Aphrodite and Eros were in the Middle East where Typhon approached. So to escape the mightiest of all monsters, uh, Aphrodite and Eros transformed themselves to fish and dive into the river Euphrates to escape. And in thanks for their escape, the likenesses of the deities as fish is placed in the heavens as Pisces. So Aphrodite and Eros, okay, uh, which ironically are two different expressions of love. And um, the, okay, so the modern ruler of Pisces is Neptune, and the ancient ruler of Pisces is Jupiter, just so we are clear. Um, okay, they are immutable water sign. <laughs> okay, um, and as a mutable water sign, it makes them honestly pretty unstoppable, but also not without its fair share of trouble, so we're going to get into that. Okay, so... They are born between February 19th and March 20th, and they're, again, a water sign. They're known for being understanding, affectionate, intuitive, artistic, and compassionate. Again, ancient ruler is Jupiter, so the great benefic. Neptune um, is sort of the planet of illusions and dreaminess, inspiration, creativity, uh, but also, like, illusions and delusion. <laughs> so there's a flip side to that coin. Okay, so they're a mutable water sign, and they're known for being sensitive, creative, understanding, and gentle. Uh, they're very compassionate and accepting to other people. Um, many under this sign are able to be friends with any other sign in the zodiac. They kind of can just like shift because they have that mutability to them. They also tend to be the musicians or the artists of the zodiac. They're very romantic as well. Um, and, you know, I always feel like they tend to have like a dreamy Venusian quality to them. Perhaps that's why some astrologers shifted to Neptune because uh, it has like a dreamy quality to it. You can't quite pin it down. And especially with the Greek mythology behind uh, the fish being Aphrodite and Eros. So Aphrodite rules like physical, you know, like kind of lusty <laughs> um, physical love. And Eros rules, like, it could, you know, be, like, romantic love. So there are those two different sides of love. Many Pisceans are sensitive and compassionate, and they have a gentle wisdom about them. They're not pushy with what they know in the way that maybe an Aquarian or a Sagittarius would be. They're easygoing. They're very spiritual for the most part. It's going to, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a Pisces that doesn't either uh, have a very spiritual life, uh, in whatever way, whether they're like Christian or they're pagan, they're witches, they're um, just, you know, generally spiritual, or whether they heavily believe in conspiracy theories. <laughs> I've seen both sides of this. Um, they tend to view the world the way they wish it would be and not necessarily as it actually is. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. And because they have Jupiter as an old ruler, uh, they're sort of blessed in creating that world for themselves because they're able to manifest their idealized vision by just believing in it and believing in people. Uh, even if there are people around them that uh, maybe they aren't that way, but Pisces can bring it out of you and that those people will work to meet that vision that Pisceans have. It's pretty incredible. Uh, and you know, it's interesting because Neptune again rules delusions and illusions. So they create 
and manifest reality in a way and very powerful. They can be quite sensitive, vulnerable. They can give way too much of themselves. They can be another self-sacrificial type sign. They can become uh, victims of their own, <laughs> uh, their own life, victims in their own life. They can become martyrs. They can be overly fearful. They can become the addict uh, if they're not careful. So those are the drawbacks of Pisces. But if you are a Pisces, know that it's important to take care of yourself as well as others to set up healthy boundaries, to have boundaries, period, with your loved ones, with everybody, with the world, um, to get to know yourself and to be your healthiest self and to not give too much of yourself without giving um, to yourself, you know, give too much of yourself to others without giving to yourself as well or giving to yourself first. Okay, so that is the final sign. I'm so excited. Um so those are all the 12 signs of the Zodiac. I hope you guys found this helpful. I know it was a lot of information, but hopefully it gives you a better idea of each sign and why they are the way they are and what it means to be a part of that Zodiac. Um, as we go along, we're going to talk about how these signs can express themselves in different houses uh, and how they can express themselves if they have different planets in that house, because each sign rules a different house, kind of. Uh, and we'll discuss that as we go along. So hopefully you enjoyed this first episode. I know it was long, so thanks so much if you've made it to the end. And let me know uh, on Instagram. I am Astrology Witch Podcast on Instagram. I don't yet have a Twitter. I'll try and make one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let me know over there what kind of future episodes you would like to see. And I can hopefully make those a reality for you. But thanks so much for listening to this very first episode. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.